talking about it being Veterans Day and how many people have, have served. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to say, I'll do it, and it's another thing to do it. And if you think about all the, the men and women over the last, especially 50 years, who have enlisted, uh, they, you know, sometimes by force, sometimes by a family member making them go, or maybe a situation or circumstance of just the need to change direction, people go. But lots of times people enlist in the Army or in the Navy or the Air Force or the Marines because they feel a call to do something. And uh, to serve. And I want to correlate that this morning to um, our walk with God and that we serve a God who is alive this morning. Amen. How many believe that the, ser- the cause is worthy this morning to serve him through? And, and I think this morning about um, a, a, a football player um, that many of you might know that really showed true servanthood. He was a believer and uh, he used to play for the Arizona Cardinals. And he, at the height of his career, I mean at the pinnacle of his career, making the most money, being an all-pro football player, uh, served and decided to leave football and go serve back in in the armed forces again. I don't remember what he was. Um, His name was Pat Tillman. And he ended up going and dying on the battlefield uh, for our country, leaving the comforts of the NFL, leaving the comforts of millions and millions of dollars to go to, to serve a greater cause. And if, if, if somebody can do that for uh, uh, our country, how much more should we do for God this morning? Amen. How much more should we give our lives, our hearts, our thoughts, our actions to the Lord? How many believe we do live in an awesome country this morning? Je- Joshua 24, 15, I want to read this verse uh, we talked a little bit about this in Discipleship Friday, and then I want to go into uh, really what I want to preach about. It says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day. And that's, that's what I really want you to think about. Choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. How many know we serve somebody? We serve something. And it says, whether the gods, small g, which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods, small g, of the Amorites. And we could throw in there right there with the Amorites and the gods on the other side of the river, many, many gods that exist today. You say, really? There's a lot of gods? Yes, but they're man-made gods. There's only one living God, but there's a lot of man-made gods. And it's not just gods that, that we intentionally worship. It's gods that come into our lives and take the place of the Lord's place. Amen. He has a place for us this morning, and, and, and he, wants it, us to, he wants to be number one in our lives. He doesn't want to be number two. He's not okay with being number three. He wants to be number one in our lives. And so we have to be careful to understand that we're not just here this morning out of religion. Out of the need, well, I need to go to church. I need to make myself feel better. We serve a living God, amen, a real God who is not dead, but he is alive. So he says, uh, if you want to serve them, go and serve them. If you want to serve these other gods, go and do it. But as for me, Joshua says, and you'll recognize this verse, and my house, we will serve the Lord, capital L. Father, for the next few minutes, I just thank you for every, every man and woman that's in this place this morning. Every person that's come to just 
uh, worship you this morning, every person that's come to be in fellowship together. I just pray for your anointing upon my words, that they would not be my words. They would be your words. And what you've placed on my heart would be uh, out of my mouth to their ears today, and that we would walk out of here different, changed, challenged, transformed, with a greater faith in the God who we serve this morning. And we also come against every strategy of the enemy, every strategy of demonic activity, every strategy that exalts itself against the knowledge of the living God. And we pray for truth to be preached this morning, for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. If you'd go over to 1 Kings chapter 18, I want to read quite a few verses this morning. And I want to read uh, a story that is very well known but you cannot talk enough about it because it's so powerful and um, it's so relevant today. And so as you see on the screens, I want to talk about the God who answers by fire. Amen. The God who answers by fire. How many know our faith is tested every day? How many know we live in a world where people will, will attack our faith and attack uh, God and attack if he's real or not and all these different things. I want you to know that we serve a living God. I cannot say that enough this morning. He's a God who's alive. And as we begin to read this story, I want you to realize this is a true story. There is no fables in the Bible. This is a book of history. This is a book of truth. And, and we must learn to read every story as if it was today. And some of the things we can't relate to, to exactly how we do things today, but the principle is always the same. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And um, if you haven't heard it, you'll, you'll, you'll love it when it's done. We're going to start um, in verse 20 and get your, your fingers moving, your eyes ready, your Bibles open, because I want you to read this with me. We're going to read, again, several verses and it says in verse 20, Ahab sent for the children of Israel and, together, and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Some would say Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people. And he said this. This is a powerful statement. How long, <clears throat> excuse me, will you falter, another word would be waver, between two opinions? And let me just stop right there for a second. How many get annoyed by anybody, maybe even yourself is the one that annoys you, that you always falter between two opinions. Is there any, is anybody else get annoyed by that? Amen? Even if it's the most simple thing of where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? That's always a funny thing when you say, hey, where do you want to go? And the person says, I don't care. And then you mention a place and all of a sudden they don't want to go to that place that they didn't care about. Can I get an Amen. It's a good Sunday conversation. Amen. But how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, B-A-A-L, follow him. And by the way, the, Lord, the word Baal means Lord. So he's, he's saying, he's making a statement, we all have lords in our lives we all have things that draw our attention and want to be lord over our lives again it can be many things i'm not going to take the time to get into those but idols are not things that you know the idols are and can be that thing that you actually uh, worship but today in our day it's not so much the thing that's on the wall or the thing that's on the ground it's 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 things in our lives that become gods to us 
And God is saying, listen, I, I, don't, I don't want you to just halfway love me. I don't want you just to kind of love me. I just want you to love me all the way or not love me at all. And if you don't believe that's the truth, read the book of Revelation and see that God says, I would rather you be hot or cold because I don't like lukewarm. Right? How, how many, if you want something really cold, you want it really cold. If you want to drink something hot, when I ask for, I want my coffee hot. I, I say extra hot if I'm ordering it. If I'm making I want it extra hot. If it's hot, I want it hot. If it's cold, I want it cold. It, you don't want to go get something cold and it be warm. You don't want to go drink something war- hot and it be warm. You want it to be one or the other. And God says, if, you're, if you don't do one of those things, I'll spit you out. I'll vomit you out of my mouth. And so he's, he's, he's putting us in a place where he wants us to choose. Now, some of you might be thinking, why are you preaching this to us on Sunday morning? We're at church. Of course we choose God. But, but that's not the thing I'm talking about. I'm not talking about showing up to a church service. I'm talking about who is God truly to you, and do you believe in your heart in the God who answers by fire? Do you really believe that there's nothing impossible with the God that you serve this morning? I can tell you before we begin to read this story, just so you know what my, state, what my position is, I believe there is nothing impossible for God. I believe there's nothing He cannot do except fail. Failing is the only thing God cannot do, and the other one would be that He cannot lie. But outside of failing and lying, there is nothing, say nothing with me, nothing that God cannot do. And so you might be here this morning needing something miraculous to happen in your life. It might be a healing. It might be a touch of a family member. It might be faith alone. It might be a situation. Whatever you're facing this morning, I tell you right now, God is more than able. Not just able, he's more than able. God's not a kind of kind of sort of good God. He's an amazing God. Our words are not good enough to express him. Does anybody love him like I do this morning? Does anybody believe like I do this morning? That if we could raise up the faith in this place, we could believe for the supernatural to take place in our lives. We could begin to see some lives really, really changed like ours have been changed. Because there's so many people out of these doors this morning who need to know there's a real God. And this story is going to show us how. So he says, how long will you waver? Now he's talking to some people who, who believe in Baal. Symbolic Baal in this word this morning. Baal would be symbolic of anybody or anything that is not the true God. And so he's talking to a, a mixture of things, a mixture of people. But an interesting thing about Baal, to, before we get into this, is, is that Baal was uh, considered the sun god. And he was also considered a god of lightning. So I want you to remember that. He was considered the son of a god of sun, of the sun, and the god of lightning. And so remember that as we move forward. So Elijah says, verse 22, to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like it's me against the world? And, and, and it probably isn't you against the world, but that's how the devil makes you feel. Sometimes we feel like we're the only ones serving God. And that's why I showed a video that I showed uh, Wednesday night that I'll probably show again tonight about, that was so powerful about the work of God that's going on in the continent of Africa. 
with this evangelist called Reinhard Bonnke, where 73 million people have given their lives to Christ in crusades, and millions of people are showing up at those crusades that are coming from all kinds of religions, and they're being healed, and they're being delivered, and they're being saved, and God is doing amazing things, but those things don't make the news. Those aren't the things that are going to make CNN or Fox or, or our local news. We get the, the, the church seems to get the bad press a lot of times. Amen. So he says, there's just me and you're 450. But I want, you to, I want you to begin to be challenged as we read this because Elijah is doing something that God wants all of us to do, which is step out of our comfort zone and step into faith. You might say, how come God's not really moving in my life this morning? I would say, not because he doesn't love you, not because he's not able, but because he's waiting for you to step out and do something supernaturally necessary for his faith, for his power to move. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. God is calling us this morning as a church to be a people who will believe in the things we cannot see. Amen. That will say, you know what, this seems impossible in, in, in man's hands and man's power, but I believe I serve a living God this morning that can do anything. Can you say amen? So he begins to get a little bit bold here. And he, let's verse, look, pick up verse 23. And he says, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. So what they're going to do is they're going to do what they did back then. They're going to make a sacrifice. Because that's what people would do back in the day. There was always sacrifice, 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 which is something that makes it difficult for people to let go of religion today because we still believe that we have to do something to get, to get saved. We still believe we have to. And now listen, there are lots of sacrifices to be made, but the sacrifices come after salvation. That doesn't take away from the fact that we have to sacrifice. But the sacrifices come after I put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross. But for all the thousands of years leading up to Christ's coming, they would sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice and do things that would make them feel good enough or, or be righteous enough or, or hurt themselves enough. And so he's going to go to the core of their beliefs and he's going to say, let's get a bull I'm going to make an altar, and you're going to make an altar, and we're going to see whose God is real. You need to ask yourself this morning, do you serve the God who's real? Is your God real? Could have asked, I could have put a title of, do you have confidence in your God this morning? Is your God real? Do you really believe in your God? Would you put your God to the test? I mean, I could put all kinds of different things that you could say or think about this, and I want you to really ask yourself, because I'm making this statement, I know my God is real. I know he is. And, and I believe this, this is going to show us how powerful he is. So he says, cut it in pieces, verse 23, lay it on the wood, put no fire under it, and then I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood. And he says, put no fire under it. Watch this. Then you shall call on the name of your gods. Now, he's, he's even given them more than one God. You can call them as many as you want. You call on your <coughs> gods, excuse me, and I will call on the name of the Lord. Now, some people would say right here, everybody believes their God is the one true God. Right? 
I mean, I've never met anybody who says, I believe that my God is not real. That would be dumb. Right? That would be dumb. Everybody who, who believes in God believes their God is real. And so that's a statement that we have to think about. But what is it that makes my God real? What is it that makes God real in your life? This is important. Is God real in your life because uh, your family thought he was real? Is God real in your life because um, you have a religious itch that you have to scratch? Is God real in your life because, um, or is he real in your life because he's done something? That's the question you have to ask. I don't know what your faith is. I don't know why you believe, but I know what Elijah's doing here. He's saying, I am sick and tired of hearing you guys talk about your God and put my God down. So we're going to put whose God is real to the test. We're going to find out whose God is real. That's what we're going to do. How many are with me? So he says, you call in the name of your gods. I'll call in the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So he's there with 450 people. And here's a miracle. Everybody was in agreement. That's a miracle in itself. Hey, sounds good. So they're going to they're going to make they're going to make an altar over here with a bull cut up in pieces. Elijah's going to make an altar over here with a bull cut up in pieces. Everything's going to be the same. And we're going to stop talking about our God and we're going to start seeing who is God and we're going to put him to the test and we're going to say who whose sacrifice gets consumed by fire because the God who answers by fire he is God. Verse 25, now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it for you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So he's kind of reiterating, here's the rules. So they took the bull, which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal. Watch this, from morning even till noon, saying, oh, Baal. Hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. So from morning till noon, these men and women are crying out to their God. And they're, what are they doing? They're crying out for an answer to prayer. They're crying out that, that their God would consume this thing by fire. Listen, isn't this what our faith should come down to? Shouldn't we believe in a God who answers prayers? If we don't have a God who answers prayers, what are we doing? We should believe in a God who answers prayers. A God who does miracles. A God who backs up his word. A God who does what he says he'll do. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Not just talking about God, but talking about a real God. Because if God is real, then he should be able to do anything. If God is real, there should be nothing impossible for him. If God is real, there should be nobody he can't deliver. If God is real, there should be nobody that he cannot heal. And so he's saying, let's do this. They begin to pray. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. So they jump up on their altar. Look at verse 27. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, 
cry aloud, for he is a God. Here's an interesting thing. He said he must be meditating. Or is he busy? Or is he on a journey? This is interesting. Or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. Now, some would call this cocky. Some would say that's pretty, pretty bold. Well, let me tell you something. You're never going to see something powerful happen in your life unless you start to do something bold that nobody else is doing. You're going to see results that nobody else is seeing. You have to do things that nobody else is doing. What separates believers from the miraculous and the normal is their faith. Can I say that again? What separates believers from the miraculous and normal is their faith. It's not their God. It's their faith. You want to talk about some crazy faith right here. I've preached a message before called ridiculous faith. God is looking for us to have ridiculous faith. And I I didn't use this story, but this is some ridiculous faith. You know why this is ridiculous faith? Because you'd have to know a little bit around this story and understand that there's a woman called Jezebel who's killing people like Elijah by the hundreds And the reason he said, I'm the only one left is because all these prophets are dead. Because they've been preaching the truth and they've been killed by this. And here we are living in a day today where that's kind of uh, more visible. I've mentioned this before. In the last hundred years, we've had more martyrs, Christian martyrs, die for their faith than in the entire 2,000 years since Jesus rose from the dead. We don't hear that on the news either. But every day they're being killed for their faith. But why would they die for their faith if God wasn't real? And so we see here that he says he must need to be awakened. Now here's what's interesting about this story. As we read it, we can kind of be in the middle and think, where am I at in my faith? Because sometimes we get to the place where we feel like, God, are you asleep? Right? Anybody ever felt anybody? Do I have any real people in here this morning? God, are you asleep? God, are you too busy? God, are you, it's not that we don't believe that he's real, it's that we wonder where he is. Why? Because he's not answering the way we want him to answer or in the time we want him to answer. But I believe that, yes, there is a time frame and a perfect time for everything, but I'm going to make a statement that I think is true. It's always going to be a lack of our faith. It's always going to be our fault and not God's if something's not happening because God is willing. Right? We can't take prayers like Jesus said, if you believe anything you ask will be done in my name. We can't take a, a, a statement like that from Jesus and think that it's Jesus that's too busy to answer the prayer. Something's wrong in our faith. Why am I preaching this message this morning? So your faith will rise. I'm preaching this message so that, so that your faith will grow and that you'll get to a place where you can say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm tired of just going through the motions. I'm tired of just coming to church. I'm tired of just being a Christian. I want to start seeing some miraculous things happen in my life that gives God glory and, 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 and makes everybody have to say, your God is real. I want something to happen real in my life. And so we can feel like this sometimes, but we can also have a boldness to say, you know what? In the midst of this trial, I know my God is on the move. 
right? I know my God is on the move. Um, just last week, um, Bria was born to Brian and Joy. And when I went to see them, if anybody doesn't know, they had some complications with Bria when she was born. She was born not breathing. She was, she was born uh, with have, having seizures. She was born with some real struggles and had to go straight, straight from being born to in ICU. Joy didn't even get to hold her baby. That's, that's a challenge of your faith. And I remember going to visit them that day that she was born and talking to Brian. And Brian said something that was um, funny but serious at the same time. He said, I, me and Joy just prayed last week that God would allow us to have a situation that, we could, that would build our faith. I said, you got to watch what you ask for, Brian. Amen. Because you know what, though? That some would say, some would say well, that was dumb. Others would say, Man, that's pretty awesome that they would want something to happen in their lives that would cause their faith to grow. How do you look at that? Everybody in here would have two perspectives on that. And, and here we are, uh, one week later, yesterday, Bria went home. She's, she's at home now. She's not in the hospital. So it was a week of trial, but they, they won the battle. They, their faith was tested, but she's home. She's breathing on her own. She's healthy. She's eating on her own. She's not in the hospital. So those are things that we go through, amen. We face that we have to really, really uh, get, get serious and say, God, are you the God that answers by fire? Amen. Yeah. So let's keep reading here. So he says, he, this God must need to be awakened. So now they get really radical. See, they try to make us radical as Christians, but they're, they get really radical here. It says, they uh, at noon, or sorry, he marked them, verse 28. So they cried aloud and cut themselves. Now watch this. As was their custom. With knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. So they're, they're, they're now doing what they do. They're cutting themselves and they're dancing around and they're doing their seances and they're doing all these different things. And it says, and when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Watch this. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Joe was talking to me after Wednesday night and told me something really interesting and it was really powerful and, and I don't know if it was someone he knew or what, it doesn't matter. The idea is that there are people who pray five times a day. There's a certain time of the day they stop and they pray in a certain religion and they pray five times a day and that's, that's, that's great that they pray five times a day. And he said this man for 15 years prayed five times a day. To his God. And someone asked him after 15 years, and we did the math about this, praying five times a day for 15 years would be 27,000 prayers. And someone asked him one day, has your God ever answered any of those prayers? And the man had to think and said no. See, that's what this is about. Now, if I were to ask you in this place this morning, have you ever had a prayer answered? We wouldn't be talking about one. So listen, I've, I've, I've already forgotten about 27,000 prayers my God has answered. I've already forgotten about them. He's done so many things in my life that I can't even keep track. I don't even know how many. I'm not looking for a prayer to be answered. I'm, I'm, I'm look, I live for a God that answers prayer on a daily basis. Can you say amen? Because he is alive. 
He is real. He is a God who answers by fire. But there's so many people in this world, sadly today, that are praying to a God, and God bless them. They believe. But they don't know the true God. They don't know the I am. They don't know the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. So watch what happens. Elijah says, okay, this is enough. Enough is enough. Come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar, this is powerful, of the Lord that was broken down. That was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, verse 31, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made, watch this, he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seahs of seed, which would be three gallons of water. Three gallons of water, a trench that would hold three, over three gallons of water. And he put the wood, <clears throat> excuse me, in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, now watch this boldness, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, now do it again. Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, now, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And so the water ran all around the altar, and he filled the trench with water. Now, what I want to relate this to this morning is, is Elijah is saying, hey, do this. But I want to make the picture of a lot of times when a situation is looking bad, and God is about to move, he needs our faith to be so strong that we say, hey, now, now Elijah asked that the water would come on. But a lot of times in our situations, we're believing for a touch and a miracle. And what happens is it gets worse before it gets better. Has anybody noticed that in your life, that it, a lot of times it gets worse before it gets better? Guess what God is doing? He's testing your faith. Guess what else God is doing? This is better than the testing of the faith. He's making your miracle bigger. Here's what else God is doing besides testing your faith and making your miracle better, bigger. He's getting more glory. Amen. So every time the water was being added on, it was making those people. See, he could have just... He just could have just prayed right there, and fire would have fell from heaven, and it would have showed them that God was real. But, but he wanted to say, listen, I, I want to go beyond the, the, the fact that possibly maybe uh, something could happen where maybe your God answered late. Right? Your God answered late and maybe hit mine. So I'm going to make sure there's no doubts here that I'm going to put some water on this and I'm going to pour water on it three times and I'm not just going to make sure that you know, something didn't spark underneath. I'm going to make this truly impossible for it to be anything but God. Does anybody in here want to have that kind of faith that you can say, God, if it's not you, I don't want it. I want it to be so impossible that it's just and alone you. You're the only one that can do this. But listen, that's not everybody. Not everybody can live that kind of life. But God wants everybody to live that kind of life. God wants us to exercise our faith. So how many are seeing the picture? There's there. There's is there. Nothing's happened. He's made his altar now. He's poured water on it, trench around it, three gallons of water. Do it a third time. 
And then it says, verse 36, as it came to pass, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near. And I want you to see this from past messages in the last couple weeks. He said, Lord, what's God's name? The God of Abraham, Isaac. And after a great message last night in Carrollton from Pastor Bland, Israel. Which I could just, I could just go re-preach that message right here. Israel meaning he was changed. He was no longer the conniver and the deceiver, but he was a man changed by God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let me throw this in this morning before I finish this. Have you been changed by God? See, that, that to me is the greatest miracle. Greater than a, than a healing in your body. Greater than a financial blessing. Greater than anything else is when God takes a person who is bad inside and is sinful and wicked and changes them from the inside out and does a miracle, what I call the miracle of a transformed life, which is the greatest miracle, right? And so Jacob was changed to Israel. He says, let let the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant. That's what we should want, that they would know that God is real and that you are his servant. And that I have done these things at your word. So here's an important thing to understand. He was not just doing some crazy thing. When, when I, if, you, if we were to go back a little bit and digress in this message, we would see that, that when he began to ask to put water on it, we're just reading the, the, the kind of the, 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 uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for, the, um, the shortened version of this story. But th- this might have taken some time. And what we might not see, and I like to put myself in the story in the Bible, we might not see that, that he might have said, okay, let's, let's, let's do this, let's pray. He, he was just about to go straight to praying and saying, God, you're the God. And, and something spoke to his spirit and said, before you pray, um, dig a trench. I, 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 I feel like you're a little confident in this. I feel like I need to uh, expand your faith a little bit. So, so dig a trench around. So he's digging the trench. And so we see the story where he just did all that, but we don't really realize that Holy Spirit's speaking to him. And then he says, okay, now tell him to go get water. And so he's, he's doing all this, and he's, he's trying to keep a, a you know, straight face. He's trying to keep it like, I got it together. But inside he's going, he's probably thinking, God, what are you doing? Why are you asking me to go get water? What, 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 you know, inside. But he's trying to keep a strong. How many know we, we got to do that, right? We got to keep it together so that the people around us know we got faith. But inside, we're saying, God, help me with my faith. Help me with my faith, God, please. Right? But he's being obedient. And then he says, okay, now. And now outside, he's being confident. Hey, put that water on that thing, man. Pour it on. And as they're pouring it on, he's going, oh, God, this is not good. Think about it. Do you put yourself in this story? It wasn't like it was just already written out. He was doing what the Lord had told him to do. But inside of him, see, that's the thing we have to understand. We're spirit and we're flesh. His spirit is really bold. I've had lots of times in my life where my spirit was really bold and my flesh was saying, you're going to die for this. You're, you're stupid. I mean, he's, he's facing death. He is facing death, real death. One against 450, guys. That's a big change, big challenge. 
And then, and so it, over, every time that God says put more water on, he's in that battle. And so now when it's all done, a, a, a boldness comes upon him. A faith comes upon him. And he says, he says these words. Think about this. God, see, a lot of times we think we hear someone pray and we think that they're praying for us. He was not praying for anybody but himself. He's basically saying in that prayer, God, he's, he's confidently reassuring himself, you are the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And I am praying that your glory would be revealed. And what he's saying is, God, uh, I did what you said for me to do. So he's kind of reminding the Lord, now this needs to work out good for me, God. I, I didn't want to put the water on. I didn't want to build the trench around it. And be honest with you, God, I didn't even want to really be here today. But I'm not going to let those people know this because I am in the middle of a really big story that's going to be famous 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years later, God. But please, please do what you said you were going to do before I came out here to do this. Right? We don't see the humanity in these stories because there's not enough time for it. But if you get into the, to the picture and realize these were, these were normal people, it's real. Real. And that's what we have to do as we read these stories. We have to read them and say, if God did this for them, God can do this for me. What did, well, what did he do? He says, let it be known that all these things will be done at your word. Verse 37, hear me, O Lord, hear me. Right? See the difference now? Hear me, O Lord, hear me, Lord, that this people may know that you are the Lord, capital L-G-O-D, capital G, and that, watch this, you have turned their hearts back to you again. Why does God do miracles? To turn people back to him. Why does God do it? Just to show off power? No, because he wants people to believe in him. Then the fire, watch this, of the Lord fell. And it doesn't just say it burnt the burnt sacrifice. It says it consumed the burnt sacrifice. Watch this. And the wood and the stones. How many know that stones don't really burn? And the dust, burnt dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw this, see this is why God wants to move, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And then Elijah said, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook and executed them there. So the ones who were saying, the Lord, he is God, were the, were the ones in the audience watching the show, waiting to see who was going to be consumed. This is a true story, church. This happened. And it can happen again. God wants it to happen every day. And, and it's us against a world that doesn't believe. When you go into your workplace, when you go into your school, when you go into that office, when you go into that warehouse, when you go into that store, 
It's you against the world. It's your faith against theirs. And the only thing that separates us is real, real miracles. And some of us in here today, I know how you're thinking. You would think, man, I, have, I don't think I've ever seen a miracle. You probably have. And, and the reason that I know that is because you are one. You and I are a miracle. Because again, better than healing cancer, better than uh, being blessed somehow financially, better than anything else is that God would change my life. And the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob would change me and restore me back to relationship with God. So he says, choose this day who you will serve. It's not, I'm not asking who the person next to you will serve. I'm asking you who you will serve because it's a personal thing. I'm so blessed and so happy and so thankful that my wife and my daughters and my mom and dad that are here serve God. So happy, so blessed. But I have to be concerned first and foremost about me serving God. Some of us are so caught up in other people's walks and other people's lives and other people's salvations and other people's problems that we forget to make sure we're good. We've got to be concerned about the lost. But we've got to be making sure that I am the man or the woman of God that he wants me to be. And that I have the faith to step out and face the prophets of Baal. Now, they're not going to be called the prophets of Baal tomorrow at work. Don't walk in and say, hey, prophets of Baal. I'm going to witness to you right now. We're going we're gonna to pray for this copying machine and and whoever's God is fire is going to burn this thing up. Amen. Don't do that tomorrow at work. Amen. Don't go into the warehouse and say, see that pallet over there? That's your sacrifice. And this pallet over here is mine. And we're going to pray the God of fire. Don't do that. Amen. That's obvious. But we, we could be so pumped up this morning, we might want to do that, you know. But it's, here's my faith. Here's what you believe. And ask the question. Maybe ask the question, has your God answered You've been telling me for a long time that you, you believe this or that. Have you had an answered prayer? Let me tell you what God has done for me. And then do the best thing you can possibly do. And we've heard about this recently too where people at their workplace that, that say they believe in other religions, say they believe in other things, are coming to them and asking them, will you pray for me? Because what happens is people get tired of praying and praying and praying and never seeing an answer. That's not our case. Does it make us better? No, it makes us right. See, people say, how do we know? Have you ever heard that question? How do you, we know you're right and I'm wrong or I'm wrong and you're right? Or, how do we know? How do we know? Here's a question I get asked. How do you know this is the book of God? How do you know this is the true thing? Well, the reason I know is its fire has been tested. I have seen time and time again things that man cannot do be done. My God is answered by fire. So I don't believe this morning just because it makes me feel good. I believe because my God many times has answered by fire and showed me he's real. And so this morning, as we bow our heads and close our eyes, you might say, I don't know if he's done anything for me. Well, you have not because you ask not. God is looking for some people in here today. Listen, God is not afraid of any challenge. 
God is, is not going to back down. There's nothing He cannot do. And He wants to prove Himself to you. He wants to do something miraculous this morning in our lives. And we're just going to pray this morning. We're going to say a simple prayer of faith. Because if you notice, as you're thinking about this, maybe just visualizing it as you're praying right now, those, those prophets of Baal had to cut themselves and, and cry and scream and beg and do all these different things. I, I can tell you one of the things that I have learned over the years is that I don't have to beg God. He's a good God. I don't have to cry, God, please. I just have to speak in authority. What authority? The authority Jesus gave me. What do you mean? He said, in my name, you'll cast out demons. He said, in my name, you'll speak with other tongues. He said, in my name, you'll lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. So nobody can tell me this morning, my God's not real because I've seen all those things happen time and time again. So this morning, that's what God wants from us is some faith. How are we saved this morning? By faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, the living Word of God. There's going to be no religions in heaven. There's not going to be anybody getting to stand before God and pulling out the Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Catholic, Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, Muslim, whatever. There's going to be no names. There's going to be one name, and that's going to be the name of your name that's in the book of life if you've put your faith in Jesus. Period. Period. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many all over this place this morning? From front to back and side to side. Could say, I want to serve the God who's living this morning. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be redeemed by this God that you're talking about. Just put your hand up and say, Pastor, pray with me this morning. That's me. I want that God. I want that salvation. God bless you. I want to, to make sure that my faith this morning is not in some religion or some name, but it's in the name. The name that's above every name. As Pastor Andrews mentioned at the offering, the name, the Bible says, that every knee shall bow to and every tongue will confess to for the glory of the Father. Maybe you're here this morning and I believe there's a generation of these people. I had it marked in my Bible there when it said that God would bring the hearts of His people back to Him. There's a generation out right now of people who are alive, who knew God's truth at one moment in their lives, and today they're not walking with God. For whatever reason, whatever reason happened, whatever thing happened in their lives that caused them to go back to their old ways was not God. It was probably a person. It was probably a bad example, but it wasn't God. Because God is good. God is love. God is perfect. God has a plan. He has a purpose. So how many this morning could say, you know, I'm that wayward child. I'm that 
I'm that prodigal son or daughter that needs to come home. I'm praying this morning for those here and those that I meet all the time that I know are that generation. Some that should have been here this morning. Some that told me they would be here this morning. I'm praying for that generation. How many of you could say, that's me. I need to come home. I need to get back with God again. Just put your hand up this morning and put it right back down. God bless you. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I believe that there's faith in here right now. I believe there's faith in here right now. And the first thing that I want to pray for, I want to agree with you together this morning. Do something a little different than normal because I have faith this morning for you. Faith with you. If, if as I was preaching, as I was mentioning just now, as I was mentioning just now, uh, there's people that, that are, are backslidden. There's people who have left their, their first love. They're, they're a prodigal son or daughter right now. As I said that, you had somebody pop in your mind just now. I want you to step out of your seat and come down here. I want to pray with you. Many people thought of somebody just now. Immediately somebody popped into your mind. There's some sons and some daughters. There's some family members. There's some cousins. There's some aunts and uncles. There's, there's some, uh, some neighbors. There's some people you grew up with that you know are not living for the Lord today. They are backslidden. They have gone back to their old ways. The Bible says, grossly, that they've gone back to their vomit. They've gone back to their vomit like a dog goes back to their vomit. They, it's crazy. You think about somebody that, that's been delivered from drugs or alcohol or some kind of addiction. Why would you go back to that? But they do. So we're going to agree together by faith this morning. We're going to call on the God who answers by fire. And we're going to declare, we're not going to ask, we're going to declare that the people that we're standing in for right now are going to get touched now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but now. We're going to declare their salvation. I'm going to wait just a moment more to make sure that there's nobody missing out. Amen. I've got many people in my heart right now, many people that I know. Uh, I, I run into people every day, all week long that I talk to, and I know they're that person. I know that they were, they tell me I was raised in church, I went to church, my grandma went, took me to church, I believe, but their life is not lining up with the believer's life. And I can't make them see that. How I many know oh, that's frustrating? I can't make them, you can't make them see it. There might be nothing more frustrating than knowing somebody who claims to be a believer, but their fruits don't line up with it. Their walk doesn't line up with it. And they think they're good. So what do we got to pray for? That God would speak to them. That God would convict them. You're not going to convict them and I'm not going to convict them. But God can convict them. See, look at all these people. Just think if one of the people that you're praying for would come today. We wouldn't have enough room to sit in here. They're out there. And they're, what, they're what's called low-hanging fruit. They're there. They're ready to be grabbed. They just need to be loved on. They don't need to be judged. They don't need to be convicted by us. We need to pray for them. Simply pray for them and say, God, you change them. God, you touch them. God, you transform them. God, you get a hold of them. And how many can pray with me right now as we go to pray that, that God knows where they're at right now? They're laying in their bed, sitting on their couch, hungover, at work, wherever they're at, God knows. He can visit them right now. He can go down and touch them right now. And I want to pray with you together this morning. But I want you to pray with the faith that, that Elijah had. 
He said, you've cried, you've cut yourself, you've done this, you've done that. Now, let's pray to the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Let's pray to the God who shows himself real by fire. Amen. I want you to agree with me this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you right now for all these men and women that are being represented by these people here who know that they're not even people we're praying for this morning to know God because they know you. We're praying for people to come back to you, to come back to the ways, to come back to the truth, to come back to their first love, to fall in love with you again, to, to leave those drugs again, to leave those, those idolatries again, to leave those things that are destroying their life again and drop it right now. You know where they're at. You know where they're sleeping. You know where they're sitting. You know where they're working. And Holy Spirit of the living God, we pray by faith right now that you would visit them in the name of Jesus right now. And that you would show up at that place and your hand would touch them right now. And it would be a touch of conviction, not condemnation. It would be a touch of love. It would be a touch of truth. Father, I pray for the people in my spirit right now, in my mind right now, that I know should be here today, God. But the devil has lied to them again. And I pray that you would touch them right now. Touch their hearts. Get a hold of their hearts and transform them back to your will again, Father. So that they will call on your name again and come home like that wayward child, like that prodigal child that said, why am I here eating with the pigs when I can be dining with the Father. Lord, bring them home today. Lord, touch them today. Lord, transform them today. Lord, get a hold of them right now. In the mighty name of Jesus and Satan, we command you to loose your hands off of them right now. Loose your hands now in Jesus' name. Remove the scales from their eyes in the name of Jesus. Set them free right now. Lord, break every chain off of their lives and give them hope this morning. We bind the spirit of addiction. We bind the spirit of religion. We bind the spirit of idolatry, Father, this morning. And we declare salvation for them again this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, Father. Amen. Amen. That's a faith prayer of faith. Again, it's not about goosebumps. It's not about crying or not. It's saying, Lord, I believe that you're the God who answers prayer by fire. Amen. And when he answers by fire, he consumes everything that needs to be consumed. How many know we need to pray that for our own lives? Father, consume it and remove it. And, 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 and take away all the impurities in my life. Burn everything you need to burn up. I don't want it. Amen? Some, some here this morning, maybe you're here already, you need and are praying for and have been praying for a breakthrough in your finances. If that's you, I want you to come down here this morning. If you're already here, that's fine. But if, you, if, you're, if you're back there and you haven't come, maybe you're already here. We're just going to wait a second and then we're going to pray together for a breakthrough in our finances this morning. Okay, a breakthrough in our finances. Just to God to, 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 to change the situation. 
Amen. I did this this morning for faith, for our faith to rise. Amen. Some of you in here are praying not because you need a breakthrough in your finances, even to just to, to pay off bills, but some of you are here and saying, God, I want to give more. I want to I want to bless more. I want to be a greater blessing to the kingdom of God, and I want increase, and God sees that. God sees your heart this morning. We're going to pray to the God who answers by fire, the God of the miraculous. How many would agree with me this morning that we could use some bills to be burned up? Amen? How about some bills to disappear? Not, not because we just said, well, we're going to be negligent, but because God's a God that's supernatural. I've heard of stories. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of debt disappear. Collectors stop calling. Again, not because we're just negligent and we just deserve it, but because God's a miracle-working God. Tax problems. Bills that maybe maybe you're in debt this morning to all kinds of things that you did before you got saved. You've been trying to put stuff together since you got saved, but you had a whole bunch of debt before. Man, let's pray that God would just destroy that this morning so that we can do more for the kingdom of God. Amen. Whatever it is you're praying for, maybe you're praying for a better job. Maybe you're praying for a job. Maybe you're praying for a promotion. Maybe you're praying to start a business, whatever it is. Some people say, why do we talk so much about money in church? Because money, the love of money is the root of all evil, for one. And the other is because we need it to be able to live. Everybody tries to be super spiritual. Why do you talk about money? Because we need it. Because we need it. And I've never met anybody that says, I've got too much. We could all use more. And, and I believe that a lot of people in here want to use it for the kingdom. And want to be a blessing. Father, we pray for this right now. We pray for financial things. We pray for, for a breakthrough and miracles right now. Lord, we are believing in the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the one true God. We're believing in Jesus Christ, the Lord and the Savior of our finances this morning. And Father, you're one who has removed our debt spiritually. God, you can remove debt financially, Father. Lord, you can make it disappear. You can make it be burnt up. Lord, you can make that thing that has been negligent before or bad decisions, God, or situations and circumstances that have added up, God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for a financial breakthrough. Father, for our church and for our people this morning, we declare in the name of Jesus that you would erase debt this morning. We declare in the name of Jesus that you would bring increase this morning. Father, that you would do supernatural things because you're a supernatural God, Father. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of change. You're the God of prosperity, Father. We are not prosperous this morning because of some kind of prosperity gospel. We're prosperous because you are a God that prospers. And your word says, as our soul prospers, you prosper us, Father. So, Lord, we declare right now that in the name of Jesus that something is breaking in the spiritual realm and miracles are taking place right now. And, Father, we are going to see uh, testimonies, Father God, of people getting saved, of financial things coming through, of breakthrough happening in these areas. And, Lord, it's going to happen for the glory of the Father this morning. We ask this in the name of Jesus right now. Amen. 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 How many believe that's done?
the God who answers by fire. Amen. One last thing. We could pray all day for hundreds of things, but another thing I think is really important that goes along right there with finances is physical health. You need a miracle this morning physically. Amen? Physical touch. It's hard to be happy when you're sick. Amen? Well, I've prayed before. I've prayed a whole bunch of times. Well, pray again. Pray again. Again, it's, sometimes it's a lack of faith. It's not a lack of God's power. It's a lack of faith. Sometimes God will allow you to go through things to grow you, to grow your faith, to give you compassion for other people, but it's not God's will for us to be sick. So if you need a physical touch this morning and you're not already here, some, some of us are like, hey, I'm everyone you pray for, that's me. Amen. That's okay. We're needy people. Amen. But if you need a physical touch, come on down. God, God sees your faith. Amen. I want to declare that he's the God who heals. He's the God who heals. Amen. You know what your thing is this morning. You know what your sickness is. Many people in here have been healed. Amen. Many, many people of cancers, of arthritis, of, of stomach problems, of, of lots of big things. God heals this morning. Jesus died on the cross for our healing this morning. Amen. For our healing. By his stripes, we are healed this morning. Amen. You know what it is. Migraines, stomach issues. Um, arthritis, pain, whatever it is, let's pray right now. Let's pray to the, the God who answers by fire. Amen. Father, I pray for every sickness. I pray for every disease. I pray for every arthritis, every stomach ulcer, every spirit of cancer, every disease, Father, that's represented in this place this morning. It is not your will. God, we believe that you are a God who still saves heals and delivers and Lord we believe this morning that every stripe that was on your back was for our healing Father Lord I, I command every curse of sickness to be reversed right now in the name of Jesus I bind every spirit of infirmity and I declare that migraines are disappearing right now Lord female problems are being taken care of right now in the name of Jesus Father, stomach pains are going away right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that tumors would disappear right now. Lord, there, there are people here that nobody knows about what they've got right now, but you know. I pray for new hearts. Father, physical hearts that need touches today, that need better flow of blood, Father. Lord, I pray for muscles that need to be healed. Lord, I pray for, for, for wounds to be opened this morning, Father God, of women who are praying to be, to be with child, Father. Lord, I pray against every spirit of infirmity, and I command you, Satan, and all your demonic forces to flee in seven directions because the Word of God is true, and it's yes, and it's amen. All God's promises are true. All God's promises are right. And Lord, I thank you that right now somebody is feeling God's hand touch their body right now. God is ministering to you and you're feeling warmth where you're praying right now and you know that it is God's hand and he's doing something miraculous in your body and it is for his glory and his honor today because he's a God who is not dead but he's a God who is alive this morning and you're going to get 
get a good report from the doctor. And God is going to turn that situation around for his glory and his honor. In Jesus' name, be healed right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now as we begin to sing one worship song to end tonight, let's thank him for all the things we just prayed for right now. Let's just thank him. Thank you, Father.